Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm so excited to bring you today's featured guest, Marie Elizabeth Molly. Marie Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ken. It's great to be here. Yeah, it is so great to have you here. I know we got a chance to meet when we were at the New Media Summit in February, and I'm so excited that we got a chance to get you on the show here because, well, let me tell the audience why I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) So Marie Elizabeth Molly is a midlife transformation specialist, and she actually shows people how to let the love and pleasure they cultivate in their relationships expand their professional success. She's also a published poet and, this is a first for the show, an underwater photographer who has a thing for sharks. Well, Marie Elizabeth, that is certainly an intriguing intro. Tell me a little bit about you know how you got started doing the work you do now with helping people tap into that love and pleasure to expand their professional success. Well, it really started with myself. And uh, what what started happening with me was I love so much what I do. I'm I'm work driven. I'm driven by service and all of that. And that my whole life that has been a priority. And relationships always took a back seat. And I found myself in the past few years in a relationship that I actually really want to keep, <laughs> and and I want it to really work. And so I had to do this inquiry for myself. Like, how do I, rather than seeing relationships as something secondary, how do I make them primary and link them with what I do in the world? That is super cool. And I can totally relate to that, right? I think there's a lot of people out there that are super driven with their work. And they're sitting there going, do I even want to take the time for a relationship? I mean, I hear it all the time when I'm talking with women that are, you know, successful in their career, that maybe they've got a certain mission or a focus they're working on. And they actually see, you know, starting a relationship, even though they deeply want it, as something that's almost like going to take them away from their mission. Exactly. That's... Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's exactly it. And um, as long as we have that crossed wire, that somehow our relationship will take us away from our mission, they're never going to work well. I mean, we'll always have conflict and tension mm-hmm. there. And so the shift is recognizing that being in a loving relationship, learning how to communicate better, learning to, how to ask for what you need, how to receive someone's requests, all of the things that work well in a successful relationship, all of that is going to make you better at what you do in the world. It feeds it. It's not a distraction. Yeah, 100%. And, and you know, the other thing that I've noticed personally, um, as I'm in a relationship with someone who's very mission-driven and has a lot going on, is it also requires 
finding some balance. Mm-hmm. And you've got to go, you know, yes, there's always going to be more to do on my mission. There's always going to be more work on my plate. But if I want this relationship, I need to find balance. I need to prioritize those pieces, even the pieces of self-care. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. How, uh, can I ask you a question? Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> how, how, how have you two found your way to that? What, like, what was the... Was there um, a an initiating event, or was it just something you both realized, like, oh, we we need to prioritize this, and this will actually help us be better in the world? How did that unfold for you? Well, we actually met uh, at a at a personal development training, um, mm-hmm. totally random. As, we, as we, did we, yeah. yeah. And we might have spoken for two minutes. Um, and exchanged information and, and she gave me her, her number and, and really didn't have any idea, but there was something compelling. I said, you know, I want to follow up with this person. And she has said the same thing. And, and we both were at a point where we had already realized for ourselves we did want this mm. and that we had kind of let ourselves hide in our, in our you know, our missions and our work. And so we already had that, you know, momentum going in that direction but then it was I mean it's still in process right I mean it's still discussing those things and okay because you know you don't just have today planned you've got things on your calendar for quite a while in the future and now you meet somebody new and all that you know busyness was already planned yeah so there's not actually in the moment you meet the person on Monday there's not room for you on Tuesday right <laughs> it could yeah. be months before they actually have a free weekend, or you have a free weekend, or you both have the weekend that's the same that's free. Right. And so you've got to look at this and go, okay, how could this work? Like, for example, when we first uh, got together, and, and to add to that, um, we don't live in the same state. Oh, wow. So, like, the first time I went to visit her, it was very clear for both of us that, you know, a good chunk of this time we were going to both need to be working. Mm-hmm. But we still could have, you know, evenings together, that type of thing. So it was like that was going to be where we could go right now. It wasn't going to turn into, oh, I'm the, you know, focus of your life right now. That wasn't possible. Yes. So we had to go, well, what is available right now? And start looking at, okay, how do we do that? What's the next thing that's available? And one of the things we found is... Because we're, neither one of us is saying, hi, I, oh, wow, you're amazing. I'm going to give up my life. Yes. We have gotten to know each other on such deeper levels. Like literally the first time we, we got together, we we're like, I don't think this is the typical first date conversation. <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. Because we were living in our truth and our passion and going, and I'd love to add this relationship to that. Yes. So that's You're speaking a, my language, Ken. You're speaking oh, my language. <laughs> good. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah I mean, it, it isn't something that it's like, boop, okay. And I think that's the myth, right? We think, oh, it's just going to turn around and all of a sudden we're going to be spending all this time together. And it's like, no, you already had a life going on before you met this person. Before we met. Right. Exactly. So it's going to take recently, a while for you to have an insertion point. Yeah. That's so true. And for us, it was funny. Um, we've been together three and a half years. We've been living together three and a half years. And we had met 
uh, and we weren't living in the same place at that time either, but eventually we were living in the same place and we ended up getting together. And what we discovered was that as my work got, you know, my business got uh, busier and I had more clients and recently we've spent the past year in New York City, we usually live in California, and I just got busier and more engrossed and my hours got longer and I, I'm in a mentorship program and so I had work to do for that and all these different things started really encroaching on our time. And we decided to hire a coach because I saw this old pattern of mine in particular gaining traction again, you know, like the, this prioritizing work and this, you know, can't you just leave me alone? I need another hour kind of pattern began to really impact our connection. And so we hired a coach six months ago and it's done wonders for us. And and we were in a good place, but we knew we wanted it to be better. We knew we wanted our connection to be deeper. We knew we wanted more skills to navigate how to handle these times when an old pattern does come up for one or the other partner, uh, how to do things differently. I didn't want to just repeat the old mistakes. And so we, we saw that pattern really as an opportunity rather than, oh, no, here we are, you know, I'm doing my overwork thing that we, we said, okay, how can we use this? How do we use this to further our connection, to deepen it, to become even closer? And that's exactly what we've been doing for the last six months. And it's been amazing. That's fantastic. And, and I love what you just said there, Mary Elizabeth, which is nothing was broken. But you also were being proactive and going, but this could go down that path quickly. Exactly. So what can we do to be proactive about this by being partners and going, look, we know this can go off the rails at any time. We know our old habits. Let's look so if it does, we know how to manage that and even be preemptive and not, not even get there. We head it off. So I think so many times we think, oh, I don't need any guidance or counselor or mentor until there's a problem. And then it's hard to admit there's a problem, at least a problem that you can't fix yourself. And by the time you go get help, it's a train wreck. But if we can be more proactive and go, hey, this is just like anything else in the world, right? If you like, you want That's to right. be really exceptional at running, well, yeah, everybody can run. But if you really want to make the most of that situation, then you go get somebody that can guide you on it. It's not because you don't know how to run. It's because you want to enhance what you already have. And it's the exactly. same thing you just spoke about. You went, it was good, but we also said, let's not wait till it's a mess. <laughs> let's let's right. just be proactive. I think that's key. And one of the main ways that I approach relationship is as a vehicle for each of our personal growth. So we're not looking to the relationship. I mean, you know, the, the age old thing of, of a growth mindset versus a fixed or, or I don't even remember what the name of the other mindset is. Um, I call it fixed, but that may not be the proper thing. But um, so when you live with a growth mindset, really everything in your life has the opportunity to fuel your growth in some way or another. And for both my partner and I, a relationship is no, not separate from that. And how we integrate and work with our relationship in the context of each of our purpose in the world, all of that is fuel for us to become more fulfilled, more skilled, more more of who we each 
are. And so that is, I think, another part of what has our relationship be different than so many of the normal trajectories of people who work too hard and then they don't put attention on their spouse and then the spouse gets sad or bored or starts looking elsewhere and and the kind of typical things that happen. Our relationship is different because we're looking at it as a vehicle for each of us and how do we serve that? How do we, we call it the union, right? So there's me, there's him, and then there's our union, which is like the apex of a triangle, for example. And when you have an orientation like that and you ask yourself the question like, okay, I want to do this thing, how does it serve the union? Or or does it serve the union? Or does it detract from the union? It gets the attention off of the power play of my thing, it's more important than your thing, and any of the stuff that we can get into as as driven people. Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. And so I'm curious, having had this discussion so far, like, what is it that brings you back? Like, I call it my my guiding principle, but you could have a quote or a mantra or something that's like your anchor. And when you notice you're getting off the track, this brings you back into that partnership. What is it for you? Yeah, am I serving the union? Is what I'm doing serving Mm -hmm. our union? It brings me right back. Like, oops, nope, it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, not serving the union right now. Me being, you know, me being cranky and nasty, not serving the union. <laughs> Let me try to recalibrate myself, you know, go to the bathroom, take a little break and close the door and take some breaths and come back, you know. Another thing that also uh, has served us well and, and also helps to bring us back when we are getting off track is the concept of a redo asking Mm -hmm. for a redo Mm -hmm. so if i say something or he says something in a way that doesn't land well we'll catch it usually the person speaking has to catch it and say oops i don't like how i said that may i have a redo so and and then the the other person can say you know can opt in and say yes you can let's try this again uh, or not, and say nope, nope. I got the message, and I don't really want to. <laughs> I don't want to hear you redo whatever. But there's freedom within our our relating for that level of of play and transparency and and shifting together. Yes. Um, I you know and the, and and I and now that I'm saying all that, the fundamental thing under that is that we really hold ourselves as being on the same team. Yes. So even when we're fighting, there's still underneath it a recognition that we're on the same team. And one of us will usually bring us back to that truth as well. Yeah. And I, I think that's great because there's a couple of things that I want to draw attention to for our listeners that they may not have caught. One is when you say, can I have a redo, you're owning your part. You're going, That's right. okay, that may not have been the most elegant. And the fact that you know, he can say yes or no, or she can say yes or no. Like, I got the message, you don't need to do it again. Is them owning that, okay, I know that wasn't the most elegant, but I got it. We don't need to go back there. Or, yeah, because I'm real, all I'm hearing is your anger, or all I'm hearing is whatever. Yes. But the other piece of that is, and this is the part that I want everybody to hear so clearly, the choice you make for partnership is always the tougher choice. Always. Mm. 
Because the easy thing is to do what only matters to you. Amen. That's your instincts. Your instincts are about self-preservation. And guess what? Self-preservation means, oh, here comes a bear. I don't care about my friend. As long as I can run faster, I'm happy. <laughs> yep. That's what our instinct does, right? Mm -hmm. It automatically mm -hmm. goes, I don't care about anybody else. It's self-preservation. When you're in your instincts, there is zero, absolutely zero opportunity for partnership. So you have to, maybe your instinct is what made you say something in a certain way. And then you catch that and go, I'm going to step out of my instincts here because I know that was not partnership. Can I have a redo? Yes. And like you said, they may need it or they may not. Now they have the opportunity to say, actually, I think I'm clear. Thanks. Or, mm -hmm. yeah, can we revisit this? Because this is not, all I'm getting is I want to push you in the face. <laughs> totally. Right? Because it's like yep. all that was actually put out there was screw you my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And that's a defense. That's not partnership. Exactly. And guess what defenses do? They create defensiveness in our partner. Mm -hmm. So nobody's yep. moving forward in that situation. It's all that's exactly right. a pushing match. Mm -hmm. So that was such a great example, Marie Elizabeth. I really, really love it. Um, would you mind, would you share with us a brief story of a time when you actually ran into something like this, where you actually tripped up in a partnership and... You know, what, what actually happened? What were you doing? What did you trip on? And, and where did it lead you? Like, what did it allow you to move forward from? Well, last Friday, <laughs> this is ongoing, right? I want to just really affirm that we're all human and we're all, we yeah. all have stuff and we're all working on stuff uh, as we speak. So last Friday was, we were in Los Angeles and it was our last day there. We were leaving Saturday afternoon and we had made a plan to meet up at home or where we the airbnb at four o'clock and so we each went off and did our thing and four o'clock came and went i was there waiting and 4 30 i sent a text saying hey what's your eta and because he was playing golf and i know that that can run long and so i wasn't stressed about it i was just kind of like hey what's up and i think i sent another question no no big deal and he got back to me eventually and he said, uh, oh, I'll be, I'll be back around six with no acknowledgement that we had a four o'clock plan. And in my head, I had created a whole scenario for the afternoon, right? We, we were going to meet up at four o'clock. We were going to debrief the day. We were going to make out. We were, I have some wine in the backyard where we were staying and walk down and have dinner on Abbot Kinney. I mean, I had, we had this whole plan, but, but it wasn't we had this whole plan. It was me had this whole plan. Mm -hmm. And I hear from him like, oh, I'll be back at six. And I was like, what? And, and I was also very hungry. That was another part of it. So by six o'clock, I was losing my mind because I, I was very hungry <laughs> and uh, he continued to be late. Like the, the round ran even longer. And I just, I just was like, look, you, you know, it's getting late. I'm just going to walk down to the market and eat by myself. And he's like, is that what you want? And I'm like, right now it is. Cause I'm about to eat the chair, you know? And, um, I was so mad, but what I realized was that under the anger, I paused for a moment because I really wanted to lash out at him and criticize him for not meeting our agreement, you know? 
But what I realized was what was actually just under the anger was hurt. And I felt, and, and it touched this spot, uh, like a historical spot in me around feeling like I don't matter and that my needs don't matter and, and feeling brushed off or abandoned, right? And so I had the presence of mind in that moment to realize, oh, that, this, that's what's happening. You know, I'm not actually upset about today. I'm upset about something in the childhood. And I, and, and I was able to do the vulnerable thing. So the, the trip up was, oh, I got triggered. And I started to go down this road of, you know, rah, rah, rah. but very quickly I turned it around and I, and I, wrote, I, I sent him just this really vulnerable, I'm crying right now. I, tears are coming up as I talk about this, but I just sent a text saying, hey, you know, um, I'm feeling really sad. And, uh, and I feel kind of abandoned that that's actually what's going on. And, um, that diffused, that changed the whole interaction, right? So instead of going into defensiveness, he didn't go into caretaking, which is a, a measure of his skill. He's very skilled in that place, but he was able to just meet me there and say, okay, you know, thank you. I'm like, I recognize that I was late and uh, I'm not abandoning you. I love you. And, you know, do you want to meet up? What, right? So, and then he ended up taking a scooter to meet me on the way home from the market and we walked home together. Now I was still mad. It wasn't like the anger went away right away. Mm -hmm. But what I celebrate about that communication is that I stayed self-responsible. I got vulnerable, which was the tougher thing to do in that moment when I wanted to bite his head off. And he also got self-responsible. An apology came where in the past he might have been defensive. And, and we talked it through once we were in person and we realized I had this whole plan for the afternoon that he didn't even know because <laughs> I hadn't communicated my plan. It was just kind of like, oh, I'll see you. I think I'll be done with golf at four. you know so we just were operating under completely different assumptions and that's where the upset happened but then I got the opportunity to do something different than I usually do which is come out like you know with all my ferocity and I got to do the more challenging thing for me which was to soften and get vulnerable and actually let him into my real experience what a great example what a fabulous example thank you for being so open and honest about that and, you know, there's what you described of, of realizing, you know, that you felt sad and that this was triggered from something from probably your past. You reminded me of a comment that was made by a guest on the show a couple of years ago, Alexi Panos. And she said, you know, when we get triggered, it's like it, what it tells us is there's a spark inside of us. It's not about the other person. The other person's like lighter fluid. Mm-hmm. And if you put lighter fluid on a charcoal grill, it does nothing unless you add a spark. Yep. So your partner is not the fire. Your partner is just the opportunity to show you where you still have sparks inside of you. Oh, that's beautifully said. And it's so perfect, right? Because you put lighter fluid on charcoal, it does nothing. And it evaporates and it's gone pretty soon. But if you throw a match, whoosh, that's what happens inside Exactly. And then we're like, that stupid lighter fluid is like, no, the lighter fluid didn't do anything. The match did. Mm-hmm. And then when we can own and you that, know what just go, the match is in my own hand totally yep and 
what I loved about, <laughs> again, so much of what you've been sharing today is all about ownership, right? Like you realized, mm-hmm. well, I had all these plans, but he didn't know about them. Mm-hmm. And he's probably sitting there going, well, I doubt if she's made plans because she knows golf runs late. <laughs> right. Right. So he's not thinking that he would never expect you to make plans on a precise time of golf because that rarely ever happens. And so you're both operating from totally different worlds. Yep. And both ways, right? You're going, um, wow, I had no idea. Wow, I had no idea. But when we believe the story we've been running in our own head as if it's real, as if everybody agreed to it, then we get pissed off at the other person. Exactly. Well, you knew we were going to do this. And they're like, what? And you're like, well, I mean, I've literally had people say, well, we talked about it. And then they realized they never did. <laughs> but that's how strongly it was in their brain. Wow. Yeah. I'm so like, I can see what we're going to do. I'm so excited about this that I never bothered to actually express it to you. Because to me, it just seems like the obvious thing we would do when we're staying here, like you were saying about there's a nice garden to have some wine there. So to you, that was an obvious thing to do in the afternoon. And to him, he didn't even know it was on the map. Right. He had no idea. No idea. <laughs> Not that he wouldn't have wanted to do it if he had known, but he didn't know. And when we assume that, oh, we actually, and this is the thing, our brains are so powerful, we believe we actually said it. Mm-hmm. We literally think we had that conversation. And I've talked to so many women where we're working through something like this, and I'll say, yeah. so did he actually say this? <laughs> and they'll think about it and go, um, no. No, like, so this I is mean, your totally story made of what he would say if you asked him, but you never asked him. But you were just so convinced you knew the answer that you just you actually think you had the conversation. Mm-hmm. And we do. We convince ourselves. So it's so important what you just shared was, you know, OK. And the other thing was like talking about being hungry, which is such a great example. I mean, we've all done that. Well, we were supposed to meet for dinner. Now I'm starving because I was planning on eating right that moment. And you're not here. And now I put myself in a position where there's no wiggle room for me to be happy. Because I'm going to be mad if it's five minutes late because I'm starving. Right. And the thing is, to your question earlier, what would be best for the partnership? Well, I can still eat when I see you, but I obviously need a snack right now. Mm -hmm. Because... Staying here and going, well, you knew this and we were supposed to be eating instantly. Be that true or not, it's not happening. It doesn't. And it doesn't serve either. It doesn't no, serve. The you get hangry, and it doesn't serve. They have to deal I get with ha- that. Yeah, exactly. And every minute becomes an hour because you're sitting there going, really? It's been another five minutes? Oh, I'm going to pass they, out. And this is ridiculous. More and all wrong, this drama right? stows up. All this exactly. giant drama of how dramatic. Oh, my God. It's like, there's food here. Why didn't you have a snack? Because you were supposed to be here. That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. That's not doing what's best for the partnership. And it's not even doing what's best for you. Exactly. You've basically just given all your power up to the fact that there was some idea of what it was going to happen and it didn't. It's the old statement of, you know, how to make God laugh is telling your plans. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? God's laughing and you're starving. And and I'm starving and then I, you know, and then in the moment I'm not, like, I'm not loving my man very much. Yeah. Yeah. Which he you're a capable adult. You can put food in your mouth. Right? Exactly. And it's not exactly. like, well, now I have to go eat a great big meal and then I won't be hungry. No, I'll have a snack. Yep. Get yourself to where you're together and you're your best when you get together. So 
great illustration of so many different pieces that happen every day. Every single day. Right. Kind and of to happen. tie this back to how do you use your relationship to fuel your professional success? Mm-hmm. I mean, all of the things we just talked about apply in our purpose, in yes. our business, too. This kind of ownership of our own experience, this kind of self-responsibility to say, oh, this isn't working for me, or oh, I thought we were doing this, but we're doing that. That kind of flexibility, staying open and curious and being willing to have a conversation and be transparent. All of that serves us in what we do in the world, too. There's no need for it to feel so separate. And I think that uh, many of us who are very driven by work have developed these skills many of these skills in our work, but we just never learned how to translate them over to partnership because partnership is perhaps more bound up with our childhood wounding, you know, family, all that stuff. It's just more charged. So most people I work with already have a lot of skill when it comes to their work and what they do in the world and they feel confident and and secure and clear about that. And then they turn their attention to their relationship and all of a sudden they're just in this morass of uncertainty and insecurity and not knowing what to say. And so a lot of the work is really translation. Like, okay, you know how to do this over here. What would that look like over there? Exactly, 100%. And I mean, to use a very generic cliche about this we all have everything we need already mm-hmm. we just have to go oh i do this every day at work oh i do this every day with the kids i don't ever do this with my partner exactly why isn't it safe to bring it over there and there's lots of reasons but recognizing that we have these skills and sometimes it takes having an outside you know neutral party that can actually see well that's exactly what we're talking about because we don't see it because in other areas of our life We just do it as a default. We don't even think about it. And so we don't realize what we're doing. Maybe it's, you know, appreciation. You're great at appreciation. I had a client like this. She was amazing. She gave the best accolades to people all the time. And she would never do it in her relationships. I'm like, you're like the best I've ever met in my life of like appreciating (laughs) what your employees do. Mm. And you don't say one good thing to your partner. Mm. And they're like, you're right, I don't. And she, she was like, I love doing that with my, with my you know, uh, employees and so on. Never saw that it was, it was a mess. Yes. So we do. We miss those things. And, you know, this is, this is cool. I love what we've been talking about. And, you know, it's, uh, unfortunately, we've gotten to the, the, the top end of the show. And so we, we're, we're going to do our bring it all home portion here, Marie Elizabeth, which is where we're, okay. we're going to drop out of stories. We're going to give some, you know, little concrete takeaways that everybody listening can apply in their partnerships right now. And the first thing I want to ask you is, like for you, we talked about it a little bit, but I'm wondering what's the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received from someone else? Oh, I love that. Um, I would say to stay curious, mm. to stay open. You know, remember your partner is not you, (laughs) they are a whole other person over there on the other side of the table with their own background and dreams and reactions and defaults and all of that. And the more we can stay curious and open 
to those things rather than get locked in some kind of default of, like you said before, my way or the highway or the other one, which is, oh, I already know everything there is to know about this person, which is lazy, in my opinion, and inaccurate because you can never know everything there is to know about another human being. That's what makes them amazing and mysterious. So uh, that would be, I would say, the best advice that I got. Yeah, I think that's that's fantastic. And you know, it's it's it is funny, right? That we think, oh, I, I know everything about them. Do you know everything about you? Exactly, right? And you spend way more time with yourself than with them. So why would you think you know everything about them? Yeah. But sometimes we're afraid that we might find out something we don't like. Right. So we like this container we've created. Here's these list of things. This is what I know about that person, and I want to keep it that way. Oh man, what you're saying just reminded me of something I said to my partner a couple of weeks ago, which was, I would rather you bring me, you say something to me that makes me deeply uncomfortable than for me not to know the truth of how you actually feel. Now that may not be true for everybody in relationship. My ex-husband was much more about security than he was about um, challenge or growth. And I'm not saying I want our relationship to be challenging and difficult, but I'm saying that if something is coming up in you, I'm speaking to him now in my mind, Mm -hmm. if something is coming up in you that is true for you, that I want you to not hold it back because you're afraid to trigger me or, or offend me or disappoint me in some way, I would rather know your truth and then we again we look to the union well what does the union want with this truth right i want him to have the room to be his own person and to be his real person and i want to have the room to be my real person and trust that our union has a solid and deep enough ground that it can handle each of our truths that we're not wasting uh, well to me it's a waste maybe that's too harsh but not not spending our time just padding around each other trying to stay comfortable yes because that's just not for me that's not a winning strategy and uh, long term and also it's not the thing that's going to feed my work with my clients feeding my work with my clients is me being on the edge of my growth and what i can hold and what uh, how much room there is over here in me to receive another human being. And I learned that with my partner. And then I bring that receptivity and that space and that non-judgmental awareness to my clients. Awesome. I love that. And on behalf of all men everywhere, I want to thank you for that comment mm. that you make to your partner. Because as a man, that is possibly the biggest gift you can give him. And what I mean by that is for the masculine to be able to be complete where they are. Mm -hmm. The feminine is always about improvement in the future. The masculine is very much in present time. Mm -hmm. So for you to say that and say, you know what, even if whatever you've got might make me uncomfortable, I want you to speak your truth. Which could be, I'm really pissed at you right now. It could be anything, right? But it's letting it be okay. He's complete where he is. He doesn't have to be the perfect man all the time. That's right. Oh, that's exhausting. And I used to do uh, a course um, for men years ago here in town where we would do an exercise. 
And this still gives me chills and I'm, I'm about to share this with you. So we would go around the room and each man would just look to the guy next to him going around the circle. And they would look at the guy next to him and say, my mom says I'm the best. And they would repeat that around the room. And we get done with that exercise and every man said, oh my God, that's like, I know that feeling. <laughs> and then we did it where we didn't have to have that, where we weren't holding that, I have to be the best all the time. Yeah. And the, I said, okay, so let's say, so the term I would use is complete. And complete simply means you're doing the best you can with what you have in this moment. Mm. Doesn't mean you're finished, which scares women when they hear the word complete. That means, oh, he's done. He's never going to get any better. What's the point? We're, we're ruined. <laughs> but for the masculine, it's freedom. And so they'd go around and say, I'm complete. And literally, we get done. They're all beaming. And they're like, I've never in my life felt that way. Ah. Oh. Because there's so much of this, you got to be the best, you got to be the best, this competition, this improvement, this proving yourself. So that's why I said what, what I did. That What you said to your partner is quite possibly the biggest gift ever. Well, thank you. I so appreciate hearing that. Um, and and I, I didn't think of it that way before, so that's beautiful. And what sparked with what you said was the difference between trying to be the best or get better or all that kind of striving that mm -hmm. as a culture mm -hmm. uh, we are indoctrinated into versus where I move from and and many people realize the futility of striving, uh, it, which is more an orientation toward revealing, toward, you know what, you already, like you said earlier, you already have everything you need. You already have all the tools inside of you. Mm -hmm. You already have a person who knows how to relate to another person in a loving way inside of you. And very often there are just layers obscuring it that you haven't shed yet. Yeah. And so I work from that premise. We are all whole. We are all wise. We are all complete in the way that you said. And there are uh, filters or veils in yes. the way of that. And that's where our work lies. It's not trying to be somebody we're not. It's it's trying to reveal the perfection of who we already are, even as we work on the stuff that's not quite so skillful and those spots where we fall down and tr get tripped up and don't do things very well. That's all the veil stuff that we work with, but it doesn't diminish the fact that innately we are already complete. Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. Well, as expected, <laughs> I would love to continue this conversation for the next week and a half, but instead Ditto. we're going to have to move people on. So do this for us, Marie Elizabeth. Would you please let our listeners know how they can contact you and, and learn more about what you do? Yes, you can go to my website at m-e-m-a-l-i.com. That's M-E for Marie Elizabeth. And Molly is spelled like the country. So it's M-A-L-I. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Actually, uh, let me, um, so right there on the homepage, you can find a button to click 
to schedule a midlife breakthrough session with me. It's a complimentary session. And I, I love to work with people in midlife because they already have a lot of skill in a lot of d- dimensions like we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And it's very often a refinement or a tweaking. or and, and also, frankly, in midlife, for many of us, we wake up and realize, oh, my God, I'm not living the life that I want. I'm living the life that my parents taught me to live or my religion, culture, education. And what do I really want? And I love to catch people in that inquiry of what do I really want? What's going to truly make me happy instead of all these trappings of success that I'm realized that I'm realizing aren't as fulfilling as I thought? Mm-hmm. How do I make my relationships better and and more nourishing so that I can work even more purposefully in the world? Those are often midlife questions, uh, and so that's typically where I specialize. Fantastic, I love it. And anybody who is currently mowing the yard or walking the dog or on the treadmill and didn't grab a pen, fear not. You can simply go to speakingpartnership.com, our website, and type in Maria Elizabeth, and you will go straight to her show page, and there'll be links there. So it's really, really easy for you to to connect with her and follow up with her. Well, Maria Elizabeth, absolutely incredible. Such great examples, such such generosity see I can't speak Um, which is not good for a podcast host Uh, (laughs) oh you have you're oh I just love your voice I get to listen to you all day (laughs) there's no problem over there thank (laughs) you this has been a pleasure absolute treat so glad we got to do this and thank you again for being on the show today thank you Ken I so appreciate it you're very welcome thank you for listening to speaking of partnership Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.